just a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that for a quip. It's just cadals. Beto beep boop. Beto beep boop. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Witty Banter, episode number 72. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams. Joining me today, it's the Silky Slick Max. What's up, everybody? I'm back. And returning to the show, it's the president of the Creed fan club, Hunter Dorsett. <laughs> Creed, Man, that really, yeah. that really got the people going when I was on tour. Oh, <laughs> Just in between songs, they'd be like, you know. We are Dreed. <laughs> That's all Girl. you would give? Just like, Girl. Girl. What the fuck are Dude, you doing, Hunter? I've seen you literally two days ago, and already you've got a haircut. You shaved what looked like Tom Hanks's beard and Castaway <laughs> off of back. your face. It was so gross, He's got to be back in business mode. Yeah, that was the whole yeah, thing. Is like I had to go back to work and be semi-presentable. Ugh. And then like I, I shaved my, my beard off initially, and then I just looked like a, like a 16-year-old... Attempting to be a Cali bro. <laughs> yeah, I just, it wasn't cool. So I got to get a haircut too. Yeah, well, imagine what that's well, you like. Look just great. Permanently not having a beard and being <laughs> in that situation. Hunter, we got questions for you. The audience, they've got questions for you. They want to know all about the tour. They want to know all about the drugs and the beer <laughs> and the naked women. But before we get there, we got to start reviewing this beer. So, Hunter, can you go ahead and tell me what's going on in Beer City? I can. Okay, so unfortunately, Chase does not have this beer on him. It'll be just me and Max reviewing this one. This is good. But holding down the fort. Yeah. This is called Dragon's Milk, and it is from New Holland Brewing, which is a Michigan brewery. And his style is an American double slash imperial stout. Jesus. It's alcohol by volume, 10%. Oh. And uh, the notes slash commercial description... A barrel-aged imperial stout with roasty malt character intermingled with deep vanilla tones, all dancing in an oak bath. Fucking A. That, this is the second week in a row I feel like I've called in to like, the sexy beer fetish hotline late night. <laughs> I want you guys to just keep on Describe bringing me the descriptions, me, baby. I'll tell you what. It gets my giblets in a jubbly. I'm feeling a little uh, Can you just describe the head to me, please? I just I really want to know. Do you have a little bit left on More your More on nose? the head, please. <laughs> yeah. Is there some, uh, like a milk mustache? <laughs> so, no, that sounds awesome. Before you guys actually start going into that, I've like finally been getting back into stouts. I haven't been drinking them in a while, but I went to a bar here in Austin called the Ginger Man, and I got a a stout that they were serving out of a cask. Damn. So they were serving it warm, and it was an imperial stout, and it was fucking divine. Nice. So I got to admit, I am jealous of you guys. Yeah. Back in stout mode. This is not really the weather for stout mode right now, but. I've always there. been in stout mode. <laughs> I am in perma stout mode. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Hunter Stout Dorset. <laughs> Hunter Stout Mode Dorset. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we poured it up. Uh, neither of us got very much head on it. Yeah. I wasn't super cautious with my pouring, so I guess it's just not its not going to give us much head on that. So, hmm. super dark, can't see through it. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> can't see shit. Yeah. I'm like a little, I'm not 100% in my uh, feeling uh, good. I, I, I came down with a little bug after the, after well, the tour. Happens. But that adds to my lack of ability to smell this shit. So, Max, yeah, you have an do you have any notes 
of smell that you can get on. This. We're gonna combine Max's nose with Hunter's tongue <laughs> to create a 100% diagram. You, you drink it smell it as you do it. <laughs> oh, whoops! 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 Okay. Now, honestly, like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not smelling anything on like the nose pretty much at all. It's almost kind of strange how. Both the header and the smell of this beer is not very like prominent. I took a I, I took a sip. Um, I think the roasty malt they nailed it. It is all dark chocolate. Yeah, it's just me. like a dark chocolatey, thick. It kind of stings a little bit for me. Like oh, it's hot. Like fuck. The uh, we're getting <laughs> the, chase going. Right the now. alcohol, like the high alcohol content, is a little. It gives it a little bit of a bite. I think. Which I think is needed because <clears> I think it would almost feel like. Like bland too, almost? Like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like bland or like syrupy or like too sweet almost yeah. in that sense. Like, cause there's definitely a sweetness in there that's not from the alcohol content. It's pretty, it's pretty rich. Yeah. It's um, a rich old beer. Yeah. Rich, malty. It's thick. It's got high alcoholic content. I'm liking it so far. Yeah, this pretty, is this right is up my alley. So, this is a dope beer. Ready so for far. this one. I mean, I'm not going to make any judgment calls. But. All right. Well, this is the part, Hunter, where we catch up with where you've been for the last two weeks. We're gonna we're gonna get into what the touring life was like before we get into the news because I gotta be honest, man. I got questions. I want to hear the stories. Yeah, frankly, it's probably more interesting what's going on in the news right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I got to play nine shows along the southeast, and um, I. Played in North Carolina two shows. I played in Dallas two shows. The Dallas shows were on the latter end of the uh, tour, and it was awesome. Yeah. We played at um, a pretty big stage at this place called The Door. And on none of our actual shows were there more than like 15 people. Uh, How does that compare to like the normal shows you play just around Austin and stuff? I think there's you know there's just more local activity uh, with with shows that we book in Austin. I don't think that there's necessarily more people like coming out to see us in particular. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's it, it's less. We we don't have a draw on these other places, so I think that's to be expected. But how w- how was that on like your psyche? You know, it's interesting because um, cause, like. There was even this one band, um, really great people. It was a three-piece, and they kind of reminded me of, like, Mumford Sons. Um, mm, you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting choice there. <laughs> and uh, they're called the Good Bad Kids, and they're out of Naples, Florida. We met them in Chapel Hill. We played a show together. And um, they came up right after our show, and they said, you know, we did great or whatever, but they were like, we're just glad that y'all didn't get down at the lack of people here because, like, I think that that is starting to get to us a little bit. And to be perfectly honest, like I'm not ever really worrying that much about people when I'm playing my show. Like I've, I'm pretty busy on stage and I've, I've got some, you know, some, some requirements. A lot of knobs up there. There are lots of knobs and ever growing, you know, those knobs need to be turned. Yeah. (laughs) You should have seen this one guy that we played. You should have seen this one knob that we had. This this, this, pro knob turner. This guy was like, uh, his name was his, his group name was LL orchestra. And he was coming out with like this concept album and he hired all these like uh, artists to be a part of his uh, content to be able to put it out. And they're like yeah. super, like all of them were professional as hell. And he was like heavily influenced by Frank Zappa, but his whole time he was just spinning knobs 
and doing all this crazy synth stuff, and I got like a huge synth boner from it. I was about to say, was that just getting your jollies off? Like, I don't think anyone would would be able to appreciate what he was doing the way I did. I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> he was like a he was grizzled, a little bit older, you know? So I was like, wow, I wonder if this is how I'm going to be in like 30 years. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was great, man. Uh, there was a lot of, we had a couple nights where we had to sleep in the van, which was pretty tough. Uh, we Yeah, because you were like in Florida when that was going yeah, on? Yeah, Swamp City. I was about to say, it's known for its uh, cool climate. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. And we Lack had to, of alligators. Lukewarm weather. <laughs> we had to like sleep outside of a Walmart. And it sucked because I'm not going to name names. But at one point, <laughs> this one guy just like in, in our group, in our caravan, was uh, he just like wouldn't go to sleep. And he was just like super restless and driving all of us insane for a little bit. <laughs> but I mean, it's to happen. Like every time, every time you have a congregation of people, there's going to be... You know, some some tension and stuff That's because people are on different schedules. You know, people yeah, people's maybe. bodies run in different ways. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, how was that? Because like, even um, even like when you and I went to live together, there's always that. Well, you know, I hope things like work out because you're about to be pent up in a spot with someone that you know. And then with this, it's like you're about to be pent up with a with a bunch of with a group of people that's your band. Were you worried at all that? anything could happen to sour like relationships and things or I was, it was, it was the exact same feeling that hesitancy that you have going into like rooming with a good friend of yours, because this is, I mean, it's not like we've ever really had the chance to like be around each other at length, really. Even like, you know, me and Blake have been together for a while for like 18 months working on stuff. Um, and the longest we ever spent together was like, I don't know, three or four days. So, Two weeks on the road when, you know, it's hot outside and you don't have a lot of food or money and you're not playing for a bunch of people. You know, it, it does test <laughs> the will, but, uh, but it was good. I mean, I think we, everybody was pretty um, amicable and everyone was trying to reach toward the center. And uh, yeah, I was just really proud of the way my group played and, you know, stuck through. It was good. And then like at the end of the day, Really, I wasn't, again, I didn't really care that much about how many people were there. I was just gauging reactions from audience members. So that was actually super uh, reassuring. People always came up to me after our shows and were like, dude, that was awesome. And people were like complimenting yeah. me on my voice and stuff. And I was like, yay, I'm blushing. Oh. So <laughs> I think that was yeah. that was like the biggest uh, satisfaction that I got. Uh, I'm not the surprised, man. I got to watch you guys play your last show here in Austin. And there's it's definitely apparent when you guys go on stage compared to the people who are playing around you that you guys are like kind of in your own tier. You're like much more well put together and the music is just more interesting than the majority of the people that you play um, against. You know, and that's, you know, I've also been to other shows where you've played against with, with some other really awesome bands, but at least that night in particular, you know, yeah. really shine through. It's less Mumford and um, Sunsy, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's always a plus. <laughs> I'm not losing you there. <laughs> what was what was just like the, the, the standout moment, moment of the tour? What do you think you're going to look back on in a while and kind of when you think of the tour, what's going to be like the thing that kind of encapsulates it for you? What's the touchstone? Um... So it was really cool playing in a brewery. That was like, that was like, there was so many things that went into that. Cause like, I love beer now and it just reminded me of witty banter and yeah. I got to play music and that was the most people by far. There's probably like over 20 people there. Nice. Um, so I think that was like, 
that was the farthest from the norm because we're used to like playing on a stage and being super loud and animated. So we kind of had to pull back because we were like right on these people. Um, but I think that was like a super awesome way to like end out the road portion of our tour. Uh, it was also just really cool, like saying I got to play in Nashville and saying I got to go play in like some notable college towns, like um, you know, even just Austin and Chapel Hill and stuff. So yeah, I mean, we got we got and we got to meet a lot of really cool bands. So that doesn't really answer your question, but <laughs> those are the main <laughs> successfully avoided it. The, those are the main highlights for sure. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, we're happy to have you back. It was fun kicking around the sand in the sandbox together with Max, yeah. but, you know, we need that third pillar. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not just on the mixing end. It was kind of frustrating having you clowns <laughs> clown me, but also it was, like, it was like equal parts y'all giving me praises and then giving me complete shit. So we're really even Steven, I guess. Yeah, we're back to where it should be. He guesses. <laughs> this is where we really prove our uh, our loyalty. Max yeah. was, now that we're when it came to the him. green room question with Forrest, Max was what? just gonna shit and run. What? And then Chase <laughs> comes back with like Hunter's got some hammy arms. Oh, I bro. actually, yeah. No, and I'm like, okay. I was like, dude, Chase, you're making me look bad. <laughs> yeah, Hunter gets fucking killed instantly. I think Hunter's strong. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay, guys, we're we're a team. Uh, that's okay. We melded on a few other insulting moments for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and bust into the news. This is Witty Banter. All right. You look, like, confused after that, like you're waiting for something to happen. You got to in, in, involve the whole body if you're going to get some good panache in there, you know? The visuals and just We appreciate that. All right, man, I got a few articles for us to get through today. There was actually a lot of interesting news that was kind of happening, and I had several more stories, but we'll just stick to these, and maybe we'll get some of the other ones later. Cool. All right, the first one comes from PCGamer.com, and its title is, Facebook is working on an all-new PC gaming platform with Unity, and it reads... Facebook is set to get an all-new PC gaming platform powered by a publishing partner partnership with Unity, the company has announced. Basically, Facebook and Unity are working together to streamline development process for games published on Facebook's forthcoming platform, meaning exporting and publishing to Facebook from Unity should be easier. Quote, this will allow Unity developers to quickly deliver their games to the more than 650 million players who enjoy playing Facebook-connected games every month, end quote. The announcement on Facebook's developer website states, If Facebook intends to go big with this platform, i.e. if it tends to, to compete with the likes of Steam, scooping up the impossibly huge collection of games developed in Unity is a decent start. A closed alpha build is currently available to select studios, but no time frame for the rollout of the platform proper was provided. Thought this was really interesting to read. I want to get your guys' take. Uh, if you have any questions first, please ask away because I don't know if you guys are quite familiar with what Unity is and the such, but I can go first or you guys can go first. You kind of let me yeah, know. Yeah, I have a question. What are you talking about? Like, what? <laughs> so this is saying that this is like a gaming platform <laughs> that like lets you play between the, the Facebook games that are already there? So, okay, basically what they're saying is they're going to partner with Unity to bring Unity to develop games to a new platform um, that's going to be on Facebook, a new gaming platform. Like huh. Unity I the thought engine, this was right? Or the whatever, like... 
Yeah, yeah, Unity is a game creation engine. Yeah. It's free and it's incredibly ubiquitous because it's free and it's also very user friendly. It's actually what we develop our game in and it's been what's kind of allowed me to get in there and actually make meaningful additions to the game because of how user friendly it is. Okay. And this is what the guy is kind of getting at in his website is like if if Facebook is opening up this platform and it's going to have a partnership with Unity, which has like a massive collection of games because basically anybody with a computer can use it to Mm -hmm. make games. Well, then they have a potentially a huge pool to pull from. Now, he real quick says if it intends to compete with the likes of Steam, I don't know if this is exactly like what Facebook is trying to get at because Steam is like a. A digital distribution um, site that yeah. distributes, you know, hardcore games and casual games alike to a huge number of people. But when I think of Facebook games, I think of very casual gamers who are playing very simple games that are like just clicking, like clicker based, and you know, free to play, uh, simple business models. And I wonder what Facebook's ends are because I don't think, at least to me, it sounds crazy to think that Facebook is going to try to like challenge steam as a digital distributor just because of this partnership to me it just sounds like a good way for people to bring very simple games to facebook quicker um but in that regard it seems like a powerful partnership for developers of those games i mean it seems like a powerful partnership because it's two like massive companies but i think that what they're going for is definitely that like that subclass i guess it's probably weird to say subclass of gamers right like the the people who are like who play primarily time wasters or like those like iPad style games, Farmville. you know, yeah. and it's like, and it's a bunch of people like that. And that's totally cool and totally okay. But that's a like massive amount. Of and people. that's way different than the people who play, um, you know, like on steam, you know, as honestly, I feel I like agree. I run into those people more often than I do people who are like avid PC gamers. Right. 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 So that might be a huge audience. And some of that bleeds into what the, the PC gamers themselves, cause they could do both. Right. So I think that they're just kind of trying to take that, that niche of people and almost like introduce them into like more of an organized like gaming structure, which I think is that's exactly what I think as well. I think this is more about capitalizing on the people who already game on Facebook, but latching them into an ecosystem that's a little more user friendly, a little more focused, and it's going to give them a wider selection of games to choose from. And I think they're going to rake the money in because the people playing Facebook games already like, they spend money on games, and we may not really like think of them as gamers like we are gamers, but they're there and they're playing. Yeah, you know? Did you say 650 million people are playing yeah. these games? Yeah, it says uh, this will allow Unity developers to quickly deliver games to the more than 650 million players who enjoy playing Facebook-connected games every month. I cannot believe that n- that number. That's such a high number. I thought that was like the Facebook user base. But yeah, well, I mean, there's I, th- I think there's over a billion people on Facebook, but another number that's going to kind of blow you mind, one that I used in my capstone paper is like there and this is a loose term. I'll throw it at you first, but there's supposedly about like 1.7 billion people on the earth who play games. And now that's a really easy number to throw around. Basically, they're saying like anyone who ever has downloaded like a mobile game or played like a counts, clicker yeah. game in a browser that counts towards that metric. So I, I when people say like. Oh, the gaming's so big, and there's 1.7 billion people play, you know, gamers out there. I'm like, no, there's not. Yeah. But there's still a lot of people who have played digital games. I think, I know? think the biggest takeaway I have, I don't know a whole lot about, uh, you know, the new platform that Facebook is trying to launch or Unity, but it's just clear to me that gaming is going to be a part of their long-term portfolio of of their business model because you know, like a two billion dollar investment in Oculus Rift. And you got yep. and you got 
this like apparently pretty major, you know, uh, unity or a unity with unity and <laughs> yeah, our unification. And so, yeah, come the union. <laughs> I guess I, it's weird because originally I think that like Facebook keeps just being led by what is most successful for them, which is smart because like at first they were like, Oh, pictures aren't that important. And then they realize pictures are everything. Oh, no, let's add games. Oh, games are huge. Now let's uh, let's just jump on this bandwagon. So yeah, let's. It's pretty interesting. Well, I think they're just also like making special note of the fact that like one of the biggest growing industries is games. Yeah. Not necessarily the fact that it's like such a big it's industry too. or anything. Yeah. And I think that's like the it's logical had, place it, to go because it's had year over year growth of like eight to ten percent. Yeah, which, which is, is which like is ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, that's like uh, and I don't. It's like a I don't think that's sustainable. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's sustainable. A lot of people like to throw that number around as if it's like this momentum that can't be stopped. It will be stopped. You know. Well, I think there's just but. like different pieces that need to be focused on. And I think that like this is a piece that needs like that. This is like a niche that needs to be filled, which yeah. is like these people who play this like absurd amount, like these absurd amount of people who play these like almost mindless games. Yeah. It seems like it could be organized yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. Just taking yeah, that. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah. it's kind of like how Max, your mom was like <laughs> 400,000 levels in on Jardini. Oh yeah. Dude, my mom's a pro gamer, dude. <laughs> She kills it. She got people the, all find the reverse their, levels. Wow, those. Yeah, impressive. Was, I watched people find their game and they play. You yeah, know, dude. They. That's kind of what I'm. Kind of so she's gonna be able to play online multiplayer for Jardidians. That's cool. <laughs> that's sick, crazy, man. man. I'll let her know after the podcast. <laughs> it's fucking sick, dude. All right, this next one comes from Engadget, and it's an interview with the head of Microsoft or Xbox marketing, Aaron Greenberg, and the. Uh, headline is Microsoft says this might be the last console generation. And so in this interview in gadget asked a question to Aaron Greenberg that I want to read to you guys and then read one of his response. Like it's a big interview, but I just want to read you this one response to kind of get what you guys uh, think about it. But the question is the Xbox platform has moved forward to have such regular updates and new features coming all the time. It kind of seems like the hardware is going the same way. There was a very short gap between the Xbox one and the Xbox one S and we're probably ta talking an even shorter gap before project Scorpio. Do you see a future of console upgrades continually happening? Is this the last console generation? Greenberg responds. I think it is for us. We think the future is without console generations. We think that the ability to build a library, a community, to be able to iterate with the hardware, we're making a pretty big bet on that with Project Scorpio. We're basically saying this isn't a new generation. Everything you have continues forward and it works. We think of this as a family of devices. <coughs> now, I wanted to bring this up because even though his response is a little you know, pointed and on message in PRE, it is a Microsoft representative saying with the, with the brand behind him, Yes, this is the end of console generations, which I think is a pretty big stake in the sand turning point moment. And we've kind of been getting at this uh, new story for a few months now. And I think this is one more development development in it. So I wanted to bring it up on the show and, and hear what you guys had to say. Um, I would say that it like depends on what you mean by console generation. Because I think that when it comes to hardware, like you're absolutely right, dude. I mean, when you think about like how long it takes for a console to turn over into a new console, like outside of Nintendo, so like almost a decade, right? Roughly, like about ten years. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying ten years from now, will we be coming out with a new Xbox? Like, no, we won't be doing that. It'll be a lot more about like when you buy a TV, like it might have, like, you know, like a smart TV. Will it might also have the ability to play like Microsoft games? Or something along those lines, or like maybe you buy an adapter that makes it to where your 
TV can play these games as well. You know, it's going to be something a lot more along those lines because, dude, technology moves too fast. And when it comes to, like, the systems upgrading themselves, I mean, we're going to start outdating the hardware faster than we are, like, actually, like, putting out consoles, dude. Like, we're just, as development goes, we're going to start developing games that it won't be able to handle and things we're going to have to kick it up a notch. I think it's a really bold statement by this guy, honestly. Um, Yeah, I agree. Not only does it foretell, like, their intended trajectory as a business, but... I they're not the forefront leader in consoles. So like for them to I I mean the way it sounded to me was like they're making a blanket statement about consoles in general. And like we're not going to be doing consoles, well isn't Sony going to have to have a say in that as well? I know that they're coming out with like a miniature version of their PlayStation 4, right? Like a like an intermediate version of their PlayStation 4. So there is yeah, well, evidence to kind of like back up what this guy is saying that maybe it will be this more like every once in a while we're just going to update the hardware kind of thing but it seems like it seems like there's more than just microsoft say and whether or not there's going to be like generations of consoles yeah and like it's just the fact that you look at microsoft and what they're doing as far as a gaming company is that they're focusing everything now at least that's what it feels like on windows live on windows gaming yeah Windows 10. Yeah, when it comes to that, it just means that they're focusing it all on a software. They're not focusing it on a hardware, and they're banking on the fact that, like, we are a um, software that's in, you know, however many fucking computer... Like, what's a PC? A PC is going to run Windows 10, or it's going to be a weirdo that runs Linux on it? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, like, they're going to have both, honestly. Yeah. And uh, that's just going to come down to, like, they're going to start putting that software on things. Like I was saying, dude, like... TVs, things that you have around your house, that's just going to include that software instead of like you have to buy this separate box that does all these things. No, everything is going to start condensing into one little thing. Look at your entertainment center now. There's half of the things that used to be on it yeah. 10 years ago. And there's going to be a fourth of the things that are on it right now <laughs> than 10 years from now. And that's four things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's just going to keep shrinking down like that. So what's your take, Chase? Well, I just wanted to say to your point about them being behind in uh, Sony and sales, that certainly is the case. You know, Sony passed 40 million units sold um, a couple months back. And the current estimate, even though they've never put out hard numbers with Xbox, is that they're around 22 million. That being said, the Xbox One has still outsold the Xbox 360 in its respective lifestyle. It's still very mm. healthy, but optically it looks like it's being beaten badly by Sony because, you know, it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to your point about both of them kind of taking this this approach towards iterative consoles, it does, to me at least, signify that, yes, this is the future that we're heading towards, that it's going to be these um, upgraded machines. But I will say I think that the two companies are taking slightly different approaches in that, with when Scorpio came out, they said this is going to be the most powerful console ha- ever made, and I think, you know, we haven't. Uh, September seventh is when they formally announced the PlayStation Neo, and we kind of get an understanding for what it is and what their strategy is with it. But it looked like that machine was more of like a small bump in uh, in power, and they might have been shaken up a little bit by Microsoft's announcement of the Neo because I think Microsoft was trying to kind of hit the reset button with that new console. So I'm super interested to see how these two start going back and forth with these new strategies because like Max is saying, I do think it's for them it's about, and he even said it here, creating this family of devices, getting Windows 10 on stuff, getting Xbox games to a larger breadth of people, and Sony doesn't have the power of Microsoft behind their PlayStation brand, you know? Right. Yeah, I'm. I, my initial reaction, though, man, 
is that I'm sad. I'm I'm <laughs> like this officially makes me feel older. Like we're already out of console generation. This feels like a generation move. This absolutely feels like it, it just makes me feel like it's another planned obsolescence thing that we already have with smartphones. It's like um because yeah. I was I was looking at Wyatt and he was uh uh, looking at like all these, he was picking a TV show on Netflix, and I was like, because we don't have cable, yeah. and I was like, dude, there was a time when I just had to surf channels, man, and just bank <laughs> on there being something, right? And that was one thing that I was like, that's gonna be something we're gonna talk about when I'm old. When yeah. I'm old, I'm gonna be like, yeah. there was a time when I just had to watch what was on TV, when I had we to adjust had to, to their schedule, click the remote through the snow, yeah, exactly. up, uphill. <laughs> And this is kind of that next thing where it's like, there was a time where we had a separate box that played the video <laughs> games for us. We called that a video gaming box. Like, it's going to be, you know, grandma, you're, grandpa, you're senile. Lay down. So, yeah. yeah well, September 7th is going to be a pretty big day for announcements, and we'll try to have somewhat of a take on what's going on with the PlayStation Neo. But, yeah, I just thought this was interesting to see someone so high up representing the Xbox brand to say very pointedly, this is the end of console generations. Yeah, I think that was bold, but uh, but it's interesting for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, this next news story comes from Reuters, and the headline is, China's richest man set to seal $2 billion U.S. film deals. Wow. Okay. Real, and it reads, real estate and entertainment conglomerate. Okay, I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> Dalian Wanda Group Company expects to seal $2 billion film-related deals in the United States this year. Chairman Wang Jianlin said on Tuesday... Yeah, as China's richest man steps steps up his push into Hollywood. After completing the acquisition of two non-production film companies, each worth above $1 billion, Dalian Wanda's next target would be so-called, quote, big six, end quote, movie studio, Wang told Reuters in an exclusive interview. He says, my goal is to buy Hollywood companies and bring their technology and capability to China, Wang said. He declined to elaborate on the two deals in the pipeline, which would further bolster Wanda's motion picture empire. So, we've been aware now that these high-budget uh, video, you know, CGI effects films make all of their money in China, and now we have a push for China's China's richest man is trying to bring those companies to China and just go right from the source. It's like somebody yeah. told this guy, like, "Hey, you see what they're doing over there? Just go, you know, just go take that stuff, you know, yeah. like you can buy that." Yeah, because I mean. I'm not surprised. It actually sounds pretty smart on his part. It'll probably work, but um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting that you can you can just kind of buy that and bring it over and use it for their purposes. I guess. <laughs> I don't necessarily think I understand. Like, what is he? Yeah, it was a pretty confusing read because one, I couldn't pronounce any of the names, and two, <laughs> it was written very dryly. But essentially, this man's conglomerate company. Daily on Wanda Group Company is sealing um, two one billion dollar film related deals in the United States to buy um, Hollywood companies and bring them to China. Buy the companies and bring them to China. They're like, what is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, it's teleport like, big. To China. like, it's like moving. It's like it's like moving the studios and moving the whole operation to China so that he can make the movies in China in and house, have kind yeah. of control over what they're producing. That sucks really bad. The only reason why is because when you look, I actually just looked at this like chart of like grossing movies and like why we see these like 
horrible movies keep churning out sequels and everything, right? Like, you know, like you talk to anybody, like the easy one is like Transformers. Like, who do you know that likes Transformers? Like, nobody. Well, the answer <laughs> is China. China loves Transformers, right? <laughs> um, and it was just like 1. that. 1.6 billion people love Transformers. Dude, for real. And like, they tend to, um, just as a country, for some reason, tend to like eat up things that are based around like special effects and things like that. Well, they also have an entirely different like movie viewing culture where in China, when you go to the movies, like it's not like if I were to invite you guys to the movies, we wouldn't go there, sit quietly and watch. We would sit there and have conversations and be like, oh, yeah, there's a movie going on in the yeah, background. Like, oh, did you see that big explosion thing? Like, yeah, that's exactly. It's more of like a like. social event than like a form of entertainment that you soak in kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, it's, it's unique and I think that that's like a cool way to approach movies, but that's not how I want to approach. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I say that's, that sounds terrible, but honestly, like the elitist American, over maybe here. you want to, your culture is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, <laughs> uh, I just feel like maybe that might be a good thing because at the end of the day, like if you move the companies over there to focus on that Keep garbage. Keep your Chinese movies Maybe, out of our dude, country. Like if you want to create a movie that's just so focused on jingling keys super loud. <laughs> if it, no, i joking. But just like special effects and things like that. Maybe that might like help some other films like focus on more of like a low key approach to filming movies. You know, like the, and those get like gaining a like a larger mainstream prowess than the ones that do now. Yeah, I'm just curious how this is going to affect the history the historical trajectory of the 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 film medium you know because mm -hmm. it was kind of like in the golden age of hollywood that really established the conventions of how great films are made and how like the best movies in cinema were made that they, they those guys wrote the rule books in like the 1950s and 40s in hollywood they created sort of what is what we look at as the the uh, utmost classics and now in film we're kind of going through a period of what everyone kind of anonymously sees as just intellectual bankruptcy and just going with the safe and, you know, big ticket movies. And now we have a, a double downing on that in a way, and it's moving overseas. And it's just interesting to see, like, I have no idea what this means for movies, how it's going to change, but change is happening. You know, Yeah, you kind of wonder if China is going to develop their own sort of Bollywood situation you know where they can actually China would yeah <laughs> China would <laughs> they can like Beijing would well what I'm, like what I'm what I'm thinking Karate in my would. head is just like I wonder the significance of these studios and like what a billion dollars for a film company that's not a production studio like what that what that is capable of doing or, or two of those um, how they can actually fully utilize those to kind of I guess accomplish their goal but uh, it kind of reminds me of like K-pop, you know, like what, like the Korean pop uh, movement, and that actually caught on like super big, and uh, I can I can see that being like a similar thing where like China just kind of has their own version of these big budget films, and you wonder if that's gonna if that's like supposed to inspire like more nationalism within the like the Chinese uh, film community and like, like people being like no nah, we don't need America to be able to make these films it's almost a simple idea of like okay are we going to I mean, are we going to film this thing, in Chinese are we going to film this are we going to film this in like Mandarin or are yeah. we going to film this in that like you know it's interesting because i feel like honestly when you take the like a foreign approach outside of America, like so many people are so much more willing to go and see like an American produced movie and like accept, you know, like subtitles and things like that. But I know so many people that 
you know, if, if something is like a foreign movie that automatically yeah. almost gives foreign it like a different films. prowess, like, yeah. oh, it's a foreign film. But I think and that's like, mostly no, 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 Americans, no. though. Yeah, it's just what I'm saying. It's like, that's a purely American thing to be like foreign films. It must be naturally more edgy and more like inside. I mean, that's not I don't know. Really I, did watch, I did watch people literally walk out of the raid in two minutes when <laughs> subtitles, subtitles came on. on the screen, that's so. unreal, man. Like Throw their hands up into the air. That's what I'm saying. Give a big like, what are you fucking expecting? Dude, I hope that that now, like, I've completely switched sides. I, I hope that this happens. And I hope that like these movies start becoming more like um, China based because that's the clientele that they're going for. You know, like that, a lot of these more unanimously like panned movies in America can be panned. Yeah. That's, and maybe we can focus on movies that might be, you know, towards our audience. That's my thought, too. Surprisingly enough, I think this is kind of cool. Like, I yeah. kind of like this. I think it might put pressure on Hollywood to like not put out such garbage, you know, <laughs> like if if. China is able to make, you know, their own high-quality films, then, yeah, the onus is on us to either respond with better quality on our own films or to just take a loss on a lot of the, uh, you know... The, just give up uh, the cinema, you know, and move well, on. Yeah, like, that would be, that would Burn the cinemas. Well, I know? think the fact, Burn the, movie the fact is, is that a lot of our revenue in the film industry comes from abroad in these big kinds of movies like this. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be Digital, a big loss. It, and digital distribution is already like making normal movie theaters like obsolete. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe this is a odd domino um, in in line with what's kind of changing the face of how people interact with movies and and their relevancy. Yeah, I just came off of watching Suicide Squad like a week ago, so I'm very for this because you that, watched Suicide yeah, Squad. Did you not go see it? Yeah, it sucked. It sucked. Oh, it wasn't as Jared, bad. I just heard Jared Leto's performance was Dude, lackluster. it's not his fault. Dude, it's not his fault. Sorry okay. to just completely segue no, this conversation. It's fine. Um, dude, it is not his fault because they did not... They edited all of his cool stuff. Yeah, he out. had some he really tight contract. He told me on the phone. Check the deleted scene. No, but like for real, dude, that Joker is not in this movie, man. And it's oh, like, and I heard up. that before, and I was like, okay, whatever. Like, it's probably not that ridiculous, but it really is like. Every now and again, I swear it's like the Joker pokes his head around the corner. He's like, what are you guys up to? Like, I'm here, like, guys. You know I mean? Hey, I'm a Joker. I'm wacky. I'll see you later. And like, leaves out and you're like, what was that about? Anyway, back to the story. <laughs> and then like, and it just seems like uh, you can obviously tell that it's just the movie is a fucking clusterfuck. It's really, it's a really strange experience. That's sad to hear. But I can see where the movie could have been cool. And I'm looking at this movie now and thinking like, man. I wish that China had already bought all these, you know, these production companies <laughs> and taken all that garbage over that way. And then maybe <laughs> sounds like all I'm just panning China. I'm sorry for that approach to cinema, which is dude, like, yeah, I would absolutely go watch like a ridiculous action movie with you guys. If we could like chill and hang out and like, yeah. you know, have dinner and watch this fucking outlandishly action packed like, movie. It's like more. They want more than anything to just between the silent pauses of their conversation to just be like, Oh, <laughs> whenever something crazy happens. <laughs> that was not ethnic. That was just... No, it wasn't. It wasn't ethnic. I wish people could have seen your faces. That was beautiful. I mean, like, you know, Transformers yeah. exploding. You're like, oh yeah, and by the way, Billy kissed... Whoa! <laughs> All right. Well, we've been going on for a little bit, um, so I'm going to nix the last news story. Um, yeah, we're and good. we're going to go ahead and take a halftime, and we'll be right back. So, bit o bit bit
<laughs> if you want to follow the show once the mics have turned off, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Witty Banter Show. Also, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast and help the show get discovered by leaving a review on iTunes. And finally, steer the conversation by sending a question to wittybantershow at gmail.com or suggest a beer for us to review by going to our website, wittybantershow.com. That's enough plugs. Let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. I want to know what you guys are thinking about this beer. Max, do you want me to go first or you? I'm just I'm looking at you right now. Okay, so I, I guess that means I'm going to go first. Yeah, please. Yeah, so this is... It's really, like, thick and almost kind of, like, milky feeling. And I guess just... I think my initial takes were pretty much... It hasn't changed too much. It's It's rich... It's a little thick. It's r- roasted malt. <laughs> and I don't really get a whole... I, I guess a, a little bit of the vanilla that they mentioned. Yeah. Um, I don't get a whole lot of the oak, I guess, that they mentioned. I think that that sting um, that I was mentioning earlier from the high alcoholic content settled down a little bit, but not to its dismay. Yeah. Um, I like it as it's opened up. What do you think? Dude, this beer is dark chocolate and bourbon mixed together, and it's really Damn. fucking dope. It is barrel-aged. But so. it's nothing too overwhelming, like you were saying. Like It's almost like misleadingly bland, but not in like a bad way. Like You just kind of expect this like flurry of flavors to hit you, and then you're just like, actually, it's just hmm. too coinciding fucking... Like, and it's definitely flat tasting. Would you say it's complex? No. Yeah, I think it's rich, but I don't think it's complex. It's rich, but it's still flat. It sounds subtle, though. And subtle and almost like, I don't want to say thin because it's not really the right word, but like something about the organization of flavors makes it not feel as thick as it should be. Yeah. You know, and it's cool. Is it just not carbonated? Is that what the deal is? It's definitely is? not carbonated. But it's not a anyways. nitro. Yeah, uh, not by any means. But yeah, like the head dissipates super quick. So I, I guess just like whatever the carbonation process for it is just not it's not playing through a lot in the uh, in the aesthetic of the beer. It's just like creamy as fuck, but not like overwhelmingly. Yeah, in yeah, any yeah. Way, dude, this is this beer's dope, man. I like it. <laughs> it's like it's dope. <laughs> this beer's good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so far, so all right. Well, let's go ahead and jump out of our segment. It's time to bring back a new. I don't care if it's a fan favorite or not. It's a witty banter <laughs> host favorite. Metal or magic, dude. It is a fan favorite. Dude, this better be a fan favorite. Email now if you want to hear this segment repeated over and over again. Yeah. I need yeah. that in my life. Yeah. I could do this for a living. Most people <laughs> most people that are new to the show have said that this is the thing that makes them laugh and listen closest. So, this one's hysterical. All right. hysterical. Well, we're busting open Metal or Magic again. Hunter, it's you and me. We're going head to head. I'm going to see if I can get a little redemption after an embarrassing defeat <laughs> on the last time we played. Okay, cool. So how do we decide who goes first? Uh, Max, who you're the who, uh, who won last so time? So Chase won first, and then I won second. There's only been one other magic or metal or magic, right? Uh, yes. So Chase beat you, and then I beat Chase. I think, right? Oh yeah, correct. That's right. I forgot that there was one more. I was for some reason guessing like a doofus. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. I will say that Hunter, you start us off. Okay. Because that way you have an idea of whether or not you want to go against it or play it safe. Blah, okay. Blah, 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 blah. Got you. All right. Cool. So I've got the first one down. Okay, I'm purposefully looking to the left. Yeah, I was gonna say Max is on my right. Not that you could really see this. So here we go. Um, this one's kind of short. It's kind of cheap. 
That's what she said. All right. But we're going to start this off with a hard one. Hopefully. Maybe I'm wrong. Also, what she said. (laughs) She won't stop saying (laughs) Stop saying this. Okay. um, okay. Would she just shut up? Will she shut the fuck up for one second? (laughs) So maybe I could do the fucking segment. Cool. Excellent. Awesome. Are you both ready? Everybody shut up. Yeah. Okay. It vents the chill of the grave. It vents the chill of the grave. Whew. Nothing. uh, It's not too long. I know it's kind of cheap, but I want one kind of hard. Just to clarify, I mean, I'm going to go and then Chase also goes, right? And then Chase will guess. I'm gonna say and we get the life, and we get the lifeline of getting to ask for like the song name or the yeah. title. Yeah, you of the get song. one. Out Everybody of the gets five. five. We're one doing best lifeline. of five. Right? Best out of five. Okay, so I'm gonna say this is a magic card. Okay. My first inclination was also a magic card because I or no 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 my is is metal song because I do not see a magic card referring to whatever is on it as just it. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with metal song. All right, well. It's a good metric. I like it. Okay. The reigning champ proves why he is the reigning champ. Because this is the Death Dead Charmer card. <laughs> this is a creature card. Oh, hell yeah. All right. So Hunter, it, it is does magic indeed card. vent the chill of the grave. <laughs> All right. Yeah, All right. Once again, Chase's instincts lead him right into the fucking graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> the crom leg reveals itself. All right, this next one's up, okay? Okay. Everybody ready? So on this one, I will just say whoever's leading will be going first. So I go first, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, here we are. May you and your kin waste and wither. I'm going to also say that this is a magic card. Yeah, it just... Ah, if this is a magic card, then it can't be... A, I don't think it's a creature card. Like this one seems like a like a removal type of spell, mm-hmm. but kin. I think kin yeah. seems Kim's, Kim's, kin seems a little generic for magic to me. I'm gonna have to go with the metal song. Okay. Off to a rough start for Chase. <laughs> <laughs> God I damn it! See, that's funny, dude. Because I thought kin was the thing. I thought that was gonna throw I you guys. That was totally off. Magic. I thought you were gonna say magic for sure. I because thought Ken was kind of dorky to be put in a, into a, a metal song. Yeah, yeah. I, I was hoping that like I would bank on the fact that like it was just like you know you could say that in a grudging voice and be like, "Hey, you and your kin, wasting with her," you know, going to something like <laughs> yeah. that. But apparently, I wasn't. I wasn't completely right on that for Hunter Sword. Okay, man. Two zero. All right. Chase has already All got right, the look at death. Getting the fucking game. <laughs> okay. Big guy. So can we? Can we? Can I offer you, Chase? Do you want to go first? Do you, on these? Would you want to go first? Because you said before that you were like, oh, I don't like the way this is going. I was hoping that it would like offer a chance of like changing your answer. In the hopes of neutrality, because I'd like to give you what you would like if you're trailing. The problem, and I've taken a lot of logic classes. Okay. You know, I've taken a lot. Of, I have a math minor right now. Yes. Okay. Wow. The whole <laughs> idea is that. Logically, if Chase went first for the rest of this round, you could just steal his answer. You could uh, just copy him. That's true. That's why I've always gone with that. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. No. I want. I think Hunter going first is fine. Okay. 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 All right, Hunter. Here's just wanted to extend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was like um, an evil laugh. <laughs> Here we go. The touch of death is never gentle. The touch of death is never gentle. That's got to be magic. 
Yeah, that's got to be magic. Is it I'm really? Magic as well. You guys think it's magic? Yeah. Well, you're both right. So fuck off. How about that? Because because uh, death touch is a mechanic in the. Well, I yep. don't know that. So how would I know that? <laughs> well, only me and Chase know the death touch out of the three of us. <laughs> that's pretty fucking simple. I have to say. <laughs> Uh, Good on you, Chase. Got one for you. All right. Infested with vermin, ever hungering, dropping from the night sky. Infested with vermin, ever hungering, from the night sky. I'm going to say that's a metal song. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Dropping from the night sky. I'm gonna go with magic card. Chase is in here. Chase Let's has fucking got himself go. a, uh, Let's a do magic ramping card up. here. You got four magic cards in a row on us. You best. I was hoping yeah, that that was best That's fucking what I was hoping would fuck with you. Okay. <laughs> Am I gonna I go all the magic odds cards? A little bit there. Yeah. You were absolutely playing the odds. I know you fucking were. You fucking accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, man, that's the death death's head's buzzard. That's really hard for my lips to lisp what to is say. It? Don't make what <laughs> the death head's buzzard. <laughs> I just deaths like possessive of deaths. Oh, okay. head buzzard. It's a creature card. Okay, cool, interesting. All right, is this number five? Yes. So, uh, what is it? Is it? It's it's two one. It's two one. I thought yeah. I got three. I it was three one. You have three? Yeah. Oh well, he if also want, got that we can one do too, this right? For the whole thing. Hold on, no, 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 he got, it's 2-1 because you guys tied on one, right? Yeah, but we both get the point, I think. So it'd be 3-2. Okay, three, so it's 3-2. Yeah, the it's fact three, is, two. it's still off by one. It's 3-2. Okay, anyway, let's roll through this. Okay. Come out from your abyss. Her tears seek revenge. God damn. So Chase goes first. <laughs> yeah, Chase goes first here. Right? Why does he go first? Because he got the last one right. No, but you're still in the lead. Oh shit! You can still fuck with him, and I'm not about to let you do that to my boy. Okay, can you read it again to me? <laughs> Come out from her, your abyss. Her tears seek revenge. Come out from <laughs> your very- abyss. Her tears seek revenge. Ah man. So, huh? I'm gonna say that's a magic card. I'm gonna go with metal song because. It sounds like it is written in such a way that it's line by line. Come out from your abyss. Her next tears line. Revenge kind of thing. Something about her fucking tears. <laughs> something about her tears. <laughs> Come out from her abyss. Something about her tears. Um, <laughs> something about her tears. It's actually, the flames of revenge. It's also a <gasps> magic card, which is a metal song. No! by Rhapsody, which means we have a tie game. And we have a wow. fucking tiebreaker to go. Thank okay, you so for let's... playing the logic reasoning on this one, Chase. Because <laughs> you were in the same position as last time. And I remember last time you didn't go for it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, okay. Just to clarify. We both have a lifeline, so we can both use it on this one. Um, who's going to go first? How do we decide who goes first between the two of us if we're tied? We are in... What's <laughs> called uncharted waters. This is America. Okay, we that's are first. in a tiebreaker situation here. Oh, yeah. Which is why... I mean, do you, like, Hunter's the reigning champ. What you could do is both give us a separate. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Thing. You both get separate lines. 
Okay, which I means like that, that you're not influenced by. If it. you have enough, I'm which down means to do I'm going to give it to you, Hunter. First, that we way just we go can one for one. Yeah, until and you have to get it right until the other. This one is it's like a shootout, death. dude. It's like <laughs> a fucking <laughs> magic <laughs> shootout. <laughs> okay, well, who goes first again? I mean, Jesus, you're going first this fuck. time for sure. Fuck you. We're trying to knock you off the throne. Let's be real here. I just got back. Come on. Yeah, that's why we got to put you in your place, dude. <laughs> All right, you, you key jingling bastards. All right. He's going through the. Yeah, tongue. he really wants I to get. Fucking, he's like finding the shittiest one <laughs> for me to My know. sword. That's it. Uh, <laughs> My <laughs> sword. A light. This one's bloody carcass. Uh, okay. Uh, my horse run wild. The beast is back to conquer my reign. My horse run wild. The beast is back <laughs> to conquer my reign. Hunter, is the beast back or not, man? <laughs> are you going to conquer your reign? Or is he playing magic, man? Okay, and we both have our lifelines, right? I'm going to use my lifeline. Correct. I'm going to use your lifeline right now? Yeah, I want to know the name associated with it. Okay. Okay. Warrior of Ice. Warrior of Ice? Oh, <laughs> God. That's pretty damn telling, it. man. That really doesn't tell me much. That sounds way too generic to be a magic card, honestly. So I'm going to say it's a metal song. Fuck. Yeah, that's a metal song, all right? <laughs> you fucking got it, you piece of shit. Hold on, I'll Talking find the about easiest logic one for you to this logical motherfucker. All right? <laughs> you can't outcount the bean counter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, all, right uh, all right, Max. Well, hold on now. Everybody just relax here. I'm, I'm moist and ready. Are you crawling low? Crawling low and moist through the earth soil. Okay. The moist forest soil. (laughs) Both of you shut up. Okay. (laughs) All right, I got it. All right. A cromlag reveals itself. (laughs) Um. Hunter of light. By the serpent's breath. You seethe. What was the last bit there? (laughs) I don't know why I chose so many hard S lines for my (laughs) list to come through on here. Okay. Hunter of light. By the serpent's breath, you seethe. You seethe? Yeah. So already the, I don't, I don't see how a magic card is going to put like making someone seethe on there. But if this was a magic card. I think it would be a creature card, but I want you to give me the description one more time. You always make the designation of what card like it matters. Like it doesn't well, matter. Well, it's like whenever, look, look, whenever you watch like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you always root for the they fuckers like a million who are sitting there in the chair, being like, okay, okay. Um, a was nineteen ninety nine when they ate all that cheese. Okay, okay, and okay, okay. Uh, I know at the end of the day, C, you don't. Okay, know what do you the want card. me to? You want me to say the line again? Give me the yeah. Give me the description again. Hunter of Light. By the Hunter of Light, breath, you seethe. So there's no rhyming in this. Give me the name. <laughs> Fuck. By the serpent's breath, you seethe. Jesus Christ! I gotta go metal song. Yeah, you're right. Of course, that's, that's a metal, metal song. song. Yeah, I know. I knew that would give it away when it was in there. <laughs> Fuck. All right, cool. We're that's both right. out of lifelines now, so this really is being drawn out to the our wits end right here. 
Would we want it any other way, though? No, no not at all. We I'm, We're exactly both down to I one go life the rest point. Of these fucking lines. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. <laughs> okay. Ready for it? All right. I'm ready. Is everybody ready? The bitter taste of life's only certainty. That's a magic card. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Was that an easy one? Yeah. Yeah, that was a magic card, man. That was an easy one? Bitter taste just sounded, I don't know. That just How do you not? Know? What's funny, though, there is How do you guys what's, not what's, hear the metal song in these? <laughs> it's not that we what's, don't hear the metal. It's that we do hear the magic. <laughs> yeah, the magic <laughs> is calling. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> No, what's funny though, there is a there's a ghost lyric that starts with the bitter taste. Wow, okay, that's what funny. I thought. I don't know. Man, I mean, I just I go on gut reaction. Cool. I'm sorry, man. I should have given that one to you. You should have. You should have. But you said magic card. All right. Um, all right, Chase, you ready for this one? Yeah. May there be misery for you, King Darkness, from beginning to your holy end. Huh. Now, this one <laughs> pointing out the king darkness. Yeah. That's a little odd for magic flavor text. Uh-huh. Yeah. I will say, though, there are a lot of magic themes now. You better not. <laughs> just, okay, okay, he's trying not. Okay. All right, keep going. There's a lot of magic expansions that come out that are themed. I can see them going in this direction. <laughs> what is Max doing over there? He's trying not to give it away with his facial expressions, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Max, can you say it one more time? Uh, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, which one did I read here? Where, where, oh, where Darkness is in it. I know that. No, it's, it's about May There Be Misery For You. King Darkness, from beginning to your holy end. I gotta just go with my gut and say magic card. (laughs) The reigning champ. (laughs) Fuck. Lives again, dude. (laughs) Fuck. I never died, dude. I never died. (laughs) I'm too good. Why are y'all so against me? Fuck both (laughs) y'all. I wasn't against you when you first came on. But you're the reigning champ two times in a row. That was a, I'm sorry, that was a song by Rhapsody, uh, Era Tanox, which is why I was hoping that one of you guys would ask what it fucking was. <sighs> well, well, that hurts. That was still really That's exciting. A, God, that, that, that went so well. boiling that for went sure. so well. Oh, man. I'm very happy. I would love for this to be a recurring segment. Please email in yeah. whenever you want Let this us to know. be up. Because I will do it every fucking week, I swear to God. <laughs> I did the oh my god! I have so many more. I still have so many more. Yeah, you did. He really does. He has he has like an good. essay of ma- fucking, metal yeah, and magic. Two full pages. He's like really flustered that I won again. <laughs> I knew yeah. I shouldn't have given you that one. Oh, that one was tough. What? That dude, was a tough one. These were all fair in the game. Come on, <laughs> dude! I won fair and I'm square. I'm on a dog. Dude. Yeah. Well, congratulations. All right. Well, honey. let's go ahead and move on to the mail segment. Cool. Let's go to Nick's mail corner. It's it. Let's do it. Okay, we got a few questions to answer, guys. Cool. 
This one comes from none other than Dunter Horset. My favorite. He says, sup, nerds. I'm going to keep this email short and sweet this time. What's the worst dating experience that you've ever had? Mm. Get crammed. Dunter Ham Arms Horset. <laughs> the worst dating experience I've ever had. I already know mine. Yeah, I know mine for sure, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll go first. So, <laughs> when I was uh, on the Tinder realm, when I was uh, operating on that plane i uh i met a girl and you know i thought it was gonna be cool we, we she was like really into craft beers according to her profile so i was like <laughs> let's go get a beer or something and so she just recommended we could just go to a pub you know where we went ashford pub that's where we met nice, nice. so that was my first interaction with ashford pub i was like you know what this place is nice it's got some good mojo i might even come back here what do you know what's up jason <laughs> but thank you jason yeah. for everything <laughs> So yeah, we met there, and uh, I think she was just trying to like hold her own a little too much as far as the drinking goes. Like I had a full meal before, and like yeah, I'm also Hunter fucking Dorset, yeah. Hunter the Tank, Daddy, drink like back. 19 stouts a day, stout for breakfast, stout for lunch, shots yeah. for dinner. That's, what I, that's <laughs> my motto. You know what I mean? I'm stout on stouts, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Hunter like she was, she was trying to go like. Uh, I think she was trying to go like drink for drink and she ended up getting a little too drunk there. And that drunkenness made her recommend that we go see a movie. And I was like trying to be open minded. I already wasn't really that into her. I was like, I was down to be friends with her and stuff. Um, but she wasn't quite as attractive as I thought. And <laughs> shallow I, hunter. That I was already thinking uh, attraction is attraction, dude. Yeah, Come on. And so, uh, you know, was that was that fucking English? <laughs> Maybe it was know. like Christopher Walken meets I don't know what, but I basically was just trying to I was trying to go out of my out of my comfort zone and just be like, yeah, let's <laughs> by going to the movies. No, well, <laughs> yeah. let's <laughs> uh, my parents were killed at a movie theater. Like, let's I'm not oblige sure, this girl that wants to do this. I'm down. You know, let's just let's do something that I probably wouldn't do otherwise. So I went and. We, we went to like a um, studio movie grill and she ordered more drinks. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I I'm paying for all this, by the way. And she's getting wasted and like slurring her words and stuff. And we go see uh, Daddy's Home, which was like the Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell movie, which actually was kind of funny. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like It was like a family version of the other guys, which was pretty funny. But she just got so wasted. And the thing that I have to get across to you guys is in the studio movie grill or like, what is the Austin version of the studio movie grill? Alamo Draft, Alamo Draft, House. Draft House. I always, always forget that. But there is like, <laughs> there's like a lane that is provided for like the people that are waiting on you, right? And it's for easy access so that you can walk in and out without having to like squeeze in between people's knees and stuff because you do have a little like, thing in front of you so you can put on your food and your drinks and this girl's so wasted that whenever she goes up to get like go to the bathroom which happens like three or four times um she goes in between the people that are sitting down and like their little rack that, where all their food and drinks are instead of just going on the pathway where there's just a clear walk area and she's like like, oh my god, I'm sorry, and like breaks people's glasses on the ground. Are you? I'm not horrible. I would have left. You know me. I was just like, oh my god. I would have legit <laughs> left while she was gone. It was really hard not yeah. to. Um, but she was. I was her ride. <laughs> so, so I would have literally ditched her. 
Um, Uber now and he's she gets she's on her way back from the bathroom still wasted grabs the waiter who's just like sitting in the corner of the theater orders a vodka Red Bull and I'm like okay this is fucking getting out of hand she comes back through the knee clutched area (laughs) between their food and stuff Cause a whole lot more ruckus. Sits down. They bring her a drink. She doesn't even remember ordering it. And I'm just so mad at this point. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm drinking this. You know, I'm, <laughs> I drank it, took her home. And she was trying to like literally solicit sex by the end of the night. <laughs> she was trying to like. What's up? Give, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. She was just like trying to give me the quote unquote okay that we could have sex. And I'm like dropping her off at her parents' place. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll pass. I don't yeah. think you understand what's yeah, going on. Yeah, you Woke up mama. Clearly, huh? I went through with it. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was. Hunter, you really laid down the charm. That dude. was really. That was. It was a horrible experience. That swag, man. man. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, it was hilariously terrible. It made me not so. want to use Tinder very much. <laughs> That's what it was that made <laughs> you not want to use it Tinder. It had a chilling effect. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but the dates on Tinder not go as well as you think. Yeah, not quality dates. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, you guys. Mine's not nearly as like ridiculous, but I remember... Um, I was walking around like I, I took the more like subtle approach, you know. We didn't go out to any beer places, we didn't go out to any pubs or anything like that. But when way back in the day when I was younger, we were like walking around uh, the area near my house, and what we did is like kind of like closer to dawn. Uh, we were walking around this uh, golf course that was in the woodlands, which is like you know five a.m. Oh, I'm sorry, not dawn, dusk. Oh, okay, dusk. Like shit. We were rolling around <laughs> on dusk time, right? Yeah. And everything looked really cool, and it was, like, flat, nice, you know, colorful landscape, you know, beautifully landscaped or whatever. And we went up, and, like, we're just chatting. We're having a good time, all right? I'm talking. She's getting schmoozed up, right? And everything. We're connecting. <laughs> you? We're, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by me? You know, we're, you know, we're connecting, blah, 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 right? And uh, so we're sitting next to each other, and we're just, like, have this moment. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to go in for this, for this smooch. The I'm gonna get in on the smooch right here. Okay. So Hanky I'm like, panky. and I, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a calculated man. I'm a smoocher. I'm a calculated <laughs> I'm a man. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I was I'm like, you know, smooch. I, I ran the numbers. I said percentage wise, my success rate of the smooch should be very high. Okay. So I was like, what's up, man? And I turn in for the smooch. <laughs> what's up, man? Yeah. I think that <laughs> was right when it did all, lost all chance. No, so I started I the into, smooch with, yeah. what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you a secret. Like, what's up, man? Like, I was. What's up, man? It goes my lips. I go in for the smooch, and it's just like the hardest denial I've ever oh, seen. Just hard, goodness. like head, like back, questioning eyes of just like. What? Like, what I was, you know what I mean? Like, doing, yeah. like, I was totally out of place. No, it's just like, this was the first time in my life that I was ever just like. Wow. Oh, you had something on your shoulder and I was going to I was going to blow it off. And I had to move by your With face. Lips. And when you didn't you didn't realize that, that was that was the case and all that. So that was like the first time I'd ever been like, you know, kiss denied. How how quickly after that did things like sour? Oh, it was real weird after really? that. Yeah, of course. There was yeah, no recovery. No. Oh no, it was just like so we do this like awkward walk back, right? And she's just like, yeah, that was probably good. And I was like, <laughs> Sick. So, uh, That's so weird. Happen. I mean, I feel like you. Yeah, I thought you were a great smoochable guy. Hey, dude. Hey, man. What's the deal, man? <laughs> Why am I not getting smooched? 
That sucks though. I've had that happen too, and it really it 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 can cut pretty deep, you know, when you think because like you like there is an onus to take initiative. I think for most men. So when you you know when you make that when you finally muster up the courage and it's just <laughs> taken away and it's super farts in your awkward face. afterward. You <laughs> farts right in your mouth. They come back and just turn that button in your face. And it kind of hurts, man. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> no, no. I mean it was it was fine. I I wasn't too terribly hindered by it. It's okay. It's like you know whatever. Yeah. Whoops. I had a I had a really weird chain of of events happen where I had um, this friend of mine I knew and her friend was single. She was like, "Come out with us this this weekend. I'm gonna set you up with my friend." And it's the first time I've ever really had one of these things go down. It wasn't like, "Hey, I, uh, I'm setting you up on a blind date or anything," but you could tell that she to me was like, "This girl's single. She's attractive. You'll like her." And she probably said the same thing to this chick. We're gonna go all go out, right? And that night. We go to like just a, a club in San Marcos. And I've never really been out like dancing. I don't really do that. It's not my scene. I'm 21 at this point, so I'm kind of drinking, having fun. And I'm dancing with this chick. And we're just like, we're fucking, she's, we're grind, she's grinding on me. And I've never, gr- I've never done the, never done the grinds. You're 21. Right? You hadn't done the grinds. Come yeah, on. Man. Not I was done her. I wasn't a dancer, like man. 16? What's the deal with Okay. That? Okay. I was early on the grinds then. Yeah, I guess I just got grinded <laughs> in my early youth. <laughs> Interesting. What I didn't notice about the grinds was really all the guy has to do is kind of stand there uncomfortably and they'll just do stuff. Yeah. I, and I, was, I heard it called the windshield wiper move where they just go back and forth. They just do this little <laughs> this little thing. If they're really bad, you can be a good grinder, but yeah. go on. I think right. grinding very seriously as a male. There's, <laughs> but you know, no, not we're a lot sitting of people there. put in a focus on the male grinding aspect. <laughs> Keep going. It comes out with my new documentary. We're dancing, and I was actually having a lot of fun. I was like, I think I'm doing a decent job. She's clearly enjoying herself. I feel like this is sexy. Yeah. I'm totally, you know, like things are going on the up and up on this night. And then we kind of leave the bar and we're like, all right, well, what's next? I'm like, well, I have a place. And right about that time, her friend who set us all up has a horrible night, starts crying. Things are going south. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, these things happen, whatever. We kind of handle that situation. I to the girl like, well, this was kind of unfortunate, but I got to go handle this thing, you know. Well, next time, like, okay. And this is where things get weird. The next night, I get invited out again. Same girl, like, we're gonna go out. You're gonna have fun. We go dancing at the same place. We're dancing in the same dance floor, kind of doing the same thing. And I'm like, this is weird. I feel like I'm literally doing everything I did last <laughs> night, but like again, deja as vu. It, like as if finest, I feel like. As if she was trying to like just pick up right where we left off, like you know. Like, and I was just the whole, yeah. Where were we? Yeah, the whole time my mind was just like not in it. I was like, "This is fucking strange." Like, <laughs> I literally feel like you're ignoring everything that happened the night before. Like, we can just go like do something different, you know. And then and then it just ended up coalescing in one of those moments where it's like two magnets that are the, the, <laughs> the same opposite. positive or negative. When like we're finally back trying to get sexy and it was just like, no matter what I wanted to do, whatever her idea was, they just didn't line up. And you're just like, Oh, this is bumping elbows. Like, Oh, sorry. Was that your, uh, a lot of apologies. Yeah, put that over here. Or, uh, sorry. I bumped well, your what knees if there? I just, uh, excuse me. Um, oh, I'm sorry. So sorry. No, I was just no, going no, for it. It was just horrible. And I was like, fuck man. Like I, ugh, it was strange, dude. Wow. Yeah. Recreating a, a good moment usually doesn't work, I'd say. Yeah. That's yeah. tough to do, you know. You got to go for something new, something fresh the next time. You can't just like... I'm surprised knowing you, you Chase, off. I'm surprised you weren't like, 
let's blow this joint and do something crazy and cool fun. That sounds like cool, crazy Chase. Yeah, I remember this that. This was like the first time Chase was in what he thought was supposed to be a normal social situation. <laughs> so I was like, I guess this is how <laughs> this it is goes. This is what people like to do, right? Perfect. <laughs> Grind. I love this. This is crazy. <laughs> Grinding. <laughs> yeah, it's really sexy when you do that thing. Yeah, right. Okay. Our next question comes from none other than Ben Ebig. Yay. What's up, Ben? What Thank up, you so bro? much for How's it going, ben? emailing so much. Ben, you're the shit. <laughs> yeah, Ben rules. Straight Everybody up. Go follow he asks, ben. if you had a dog with wings that was big enough to ride, where would you go? A dog? Are we, are we assuming that this dog's stamina can take us anywhere in the world? Yeah, absolutely. He's asking where we'd go, man. It sounds like the possibilities are endless. And it's just us? Yeah. I would just ride that fucking dog to the West Coast. Hmm. I would trail off the West Coast and yep. bank right into Japan. <laughs> yep. You drop me off. Yeah. I would fucking hang out with Daigo and all of my like, you know, <laughs> idols of the fighting game scene and I'd be like, dude, please make me fucking good at this game. <laughs> Because I'm not even playing around. I cannot break Ultra Gold, and it's blown my fucking mind. <laughs> and they would hang out with me and my flying dog. Because they'd have to if I flew in on a fucking flying dog. They're like, they well, this guy's a like, part of our crew now. I'm not about to not teach this guy the ways of Street Fighter. <laughs> so that's, what I, that's where I would take my flying dog. I'm tempted to just say, like, one of the best places I've ever been. Uh, but I'm also tempted to say a place that I've never been. <laughs> so, like... Tough choice. Place that the best, most beautiful place I've ever been was the Amalfi Coast in Italy. That place was outrageously awesome. And but if I wasn't gonna go there, I'd probably just fly to New Zealand. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand ever since I watched The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, middle, dude, middle the Zealand. That'll do it. The geography of that place seems so dope. I gotta go. I'm gonna say since Max, you kind of took my answer with Japan. I'll stead, I will turn to Vietnam. Wow. Okay. Because I want to, I want to go there and just eat my way through that country's food, dude. That would be so fucking good. Can I ride on the back of your flying dog? Take me in a suitcase, bro. That sounds good to me. All right. This question comes from Ahmed. Oh my my love, Ahmed, dude. That guy's so cool. Guys, you are obligated to compete in the Olympic Games. You will be going head-to-head against the most highly trained athletes in the world on international television. What event do you choose to bring the least shame upon yourselves, your family name, and your country, Ahmed? He says, P.S. I'm starting a post-noise, power-violence, murder core band, so you guys should totally audition. Is he serious? <laughs> dope to me, yeah. That, that would, would absolutely be so... Be now we're starting a witty band. <laughs> awesome. Starting a metal band? Witty metal band? That'd be fucking sick. Ahmed, if you're serious, Ahmed, dude, send me a link or some shit, man. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's the event that we feel brings the least... Amount of shame to our country. <laughs> Can I just say? It sounds like we have to get our ass whipped at some sort of Olympic event. Okay, okay. Can We're I, not going to win. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Well, can I just say that, like, I have given the least amount of fucks about this Olympics in a long time. Like, dude. Well, what sucked is I didn't get to watch any of it. I still, like, my parents have all the gymnastics recorded, and I still want to watch that. But, yeah, outside of that, I've kind of realized that, yeah, maybe I really don't care too much about the Olympics. Here's the thing, dude. Like, all in all, sports, you know, I'm not, like, the most into them. But I'm into the good ones. And when it comes to the Olympics, oh. I, I oh, care those. about 
the Winter Olympics. That's cool to watch. That's fun. Really? They just naturally you think Winter Olympics is just naturally, cooler Because when I think about when I'm, when I'm a kid, and I remember specifically why, is because I remember the end of the Olympics and watching the ending ceremony and talking to my mom and being like, when, when, can, I watch, when can I watch this again? <laughs> yeah. And she was just like, in like four, four years? years? And I was just like... <laughs> What? And she's like, well, the Summer Olympics are in like two years. I was like, what's what's in that? Who cares? And she's like, well, there's there's biking. There's running. Power walking, trampoline. There is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Stuff that I didn't fucking care about as a kid. And as I grew up and I naturally just like disassociated myself with sports, I just 100% do not care about the Summer Olympics. That being said, dude, fucking uh, Usain Bolt. Yeah, that's ridiculous how fucking fast that man runs. That's that's outlandish. It's pretty amazing. Me and that's Chase talked I've about now, it. <laughs> I have now had three separate conversations with three different groups of people without bringing up Usain Bolt, and he has come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the man is swiffering the nation. I will be saying. I will say that like while I'm at work, I've been working a lot more morning shifts. We've had the the morning Olympics on, which are like the B list, C list, D list, E list of all the Olympics. <laughs> the morning Olympics, like you gotta. Pour a box of cereal up the quickest. Dude, for real, honestly. But there was one where it was like this like synchronized hula hoop dancing. Hmm. And I was like, you know what? That's awful. That's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> this is terrible. So that being said, I know nobody in America will watch it. So I will 100% compete in uh, hula hooping. And seeing what kind of flair I can bring to the hula hooping scene of yeah. synchronized hula hooping. So There's I'm a couple of different approaches to answering this question. I feel like you either go with the one that people are going to give the least amount of shits because it's just this dumb event mm-hmm. or like people can be like, that's super hard. And so like if a guy is crappy, like it's compared to the best people in the world and it's not as big of a yeah, deal. Seventh out of the seventh best. People like if I did world. gymnastics, I would look like a fool, but I don't think anyone like, I don't know how much shame I'd bring as opposed to like if I power walked and I like passed out after like yeah, 20 kilometers. Real. Shit your pants. <laughs> yeah, shit your pants. The man <laughs> from America that was, shitting his pants. Did you see that, dude? Somebody shit his pants? Uh, like like the best power walker in the world from France. That was actually his secret. He's super pissed that everyone knows Yeah, now. he was in the lead and he shit his pants and then passed out. <laughs> Dude, what are you serious? I can't tell if you're joking. But then he finished. No, I'm not joking. This is a a news story. You can check it out. He passed out, and his lead was so great that he still woke up and passed the finish line at first. Are you kidding? No, no, no. He got eighth. He was six minutes behind first, but he still finished the race, and he shit his pants on national TV (laughs) or international TV. That's so bad. I don't know. I guess... um, That's hilarious. I might just say diving. Or something like the low dive. Just do a fucking jackknife. How American and awesome would that yeah. be? If Holding I just did a, a flag fast as you roll ball. into. What up? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could get away with that one, and people would be like, ah, "That's funny." What that's was cool. the uh, the Philippines or whatever? Those guys like completely one hundred percent just gave no fucks. <laughs> they were just like, "Fuck this! Olympics are fucking stupid," and you just like <laughs> fell off the diving board and just like belly flopped every time. That was dope. <laughs> Be one of those guys. <laughs> what about you, Chase? 
I think you guys are totally fucking up, man. This is a there's I think it's a pretty easy answer. Okay. You got to choose a you got to choose a team sport and you got to choose basketball. Cuz those motherfuckers are going to carry you to gold, man. Dude, yeah, you could what, so somebody could see you on the bench in the far background and be like, Yo, Yeah, you're just like, "What's chase? up?" Yeah. I'm hanging out with LeBron. I think I'll just throw it to KD over here. Yeah, dude. We I thought about that the other day when I was watching basketball to where like the score was so absurdly in our favor. It was like 85 to like 27 and I was just like this can't be fun for anyone what's funny (laughs) is that Americans watch the basketball in the Olympics like we're gonna lose like oh fuck I gotta go support my team we haven't we literally haven't lost an Olympic basketball game since 2004 really I'm not kidding (laughs) and and people still watch it they're like Oh man, we only won by like six points this time. It's like, who gives a fuck? We haven't lost the game. <laughs> we are gonna fucking lose. <laughs> we have the best. The Lakers in the mentality. World, by it's far. a 2007 Lakers. I think you have a great right point. If I could piggyback off yours, I would. I would totally just pass the rock. Look, yeah, I guess. Yeah, whatever. I'm pretty cool. Well, thank you for the question, Ahmed. Our last question comes from Twitter at Dunebug11. Max, you will know this man as Israel. Oh, what's up? A fan of fighting games and a man that I worked with at Hellfire Games for a little bit. Really cool guy. Cool. He's awesome. And he asks The video game industry right now excels at blank and needs improvement in blank. And he wants us to fill him in. The industry? I want you guys. Yeah, I want you guys to take a crack. You be first the anchor, Chase. Yeah, I was gonna say, Chase, you're the only one who knows what they're talking you can bring about. Bring us so home. Let's here. just like fucking yeah, bump into the table over here. Um, I will say, I'm gonna have to like, like fix this question to be a little bit more like associated with me and towards Israel too, because I know that Israel plays fighting games a lot too. And I would say that when it comes to like the competitive gaming scene, um, I think that and with fighting games in general, is that we need to take ourselves more seriously. I think that we excel in the fact that like we are a game that I've or we are like a series of games that I do legitimately feel like take like hard, like talent to be good at. But I do think that when it comes to like production value, that's all it's fucking missing is people taking it seriously and looking at it like a fucking business. But like being able to approach it with the same like gusto that you would, actual sports because i think after this year with evo being on espn and everything like we have that initiative to do that um that would be just my answer i don't really fucking know much about the video game industry myself outside of fighting games so when i take it to just me that's how i fucking feel yeah yeah that's how I we're not fucking feel. kids all right we're not immature <laughs> little babies okay i'm gonna throw it back I'm going to ask Chase, what was the game that you said it took six years to develop, it's only three and a half hours or whatever long? Inside, right? Inside. Okay. I played it for the fourth time this weekend. Hearing that, hearing your synopsis of that game was incredibly inspiring for me. And I'd say, like, just to pertain to his question, I think the video game industry is good at generating content, but I don't think that it's good at generating content like that. Like, super focused highly artistic maybe i mean there might be like delves of people that you know have highly artistic stuff like inside but i think i would just almost in the same way with what we were talking about with hollywood it's like just take more time put more effort into the storyline into all of the mechanics don't just put out a game because you want revenue you know stop stop annualizing these games make better games I don't know. <laughs> I definitely Make feel better. like definitely feel like Chase. I think, is a good, I think it's a good answer. Yeah, looking at us like, what are you talking about? But when it comes to 
I think that you're right in the fact that, but I think that the biggest issue when it comes to games is that sometimes we lose sight of what a game is. Yeah. And when it comes to like, oh, you need to focus on the story. Like sometimes that's the downfall. Right. Yeah. Like sometimes, Street Fighter doesn't need a story. Yeah. Well, honestly, maybe it does, or maybe it does need something that's like keeps you like enthralled in the world, as opposed to just like, dude, I'm a competitive gaming right, man, yeah. and I know all cool the frames. Have some story to go along with it. You but know? I, I just I think of things like you know like. Um, uh, the Nathan Drake collection of stuff like that. That's like so super like story based and that's really fucking cool. But sometimes when a game comes along and it's just like a really good fucking game, like a uh, Metal Gear Solid five that was just like, yo dude, when I played this, like nobody talked about like, dude, the story, my head fucking blew up. It yeah. was like, dude, this game is a fucking awesome tight. example of like how cool we can make games now. Yeah. We can make games yep. perfectly now, but nobody does that because we're all enthralled in like what's realistic revenue, what's something we can, yeah, revenue, something we can, people can follow so easily. So. so yeah, I'd say, I'd say I think games are great at generating content. I think they're bad at ignoring like the business aspect of it basically yeah. is what I would say. All right, Chase, tell us a real answer. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to make mine. I think the game industry right now is excelling at, being open enough that anybody can make and distribute a game. But because of that, it needs improvement in curating storefronts to push the best of the best games to people who can buy them. Cause I think it's really hard with game with storefronts like steam. And now even with like PlayStation and stuff, I mean, it's so easy to put games out there that sometimes the better games get pushed to the bottom. And like, you know, our game just recently released on Tuesday, and I was looking at all the new releases on PlayStation because I've never really done that before. And out of nowhere, I started looking at trailers for these games that were, like, really fucking cool. And I got this game called Absolute Drift, which is, like, this top-down, time trial based, like, driving game. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And I would have never found this if I – because I, I only go um, to find out about games uh, – on websites and they only cover certain types of games and I would have missed this if I wouldn't have been looking today. Yeah. So I think that's what we can improve on. I think we're great at allowing people, giving people a platform to publish what they've made on, but we need a better, we need to have a better job at showing people like what's best. I think that it's really funny. And I think that it's really like a cool example of, I think where we could bring software to where like I was, I was looking at, <laughs> I watched some TV show that made a reference to where like, you know, who really knows me? my Spotify discover playlist. And I don't know if any of you guys like actually use this uh, like Spotify no. for discover, but the discover playlist is actually really fucking sick. And somehow it like looks into exactly what kind of music I like breaks it apart, brings in these little things that are like just like maybe a smidge off of what maybe I was listening to. It helps me branch out into these other like music forums. Kind of like what Pandora does. If you kind of had something more driven that way towards like gaming to where like maybe based on like the games I play, you know, like maybe I could find some sort of like niche arcade fighting game or maybe like that's like for me. I think I need something. That. Yeah. Something like that for like because anybody like, who's like looking turn for based games. strategy games in my life. Dude. Yeah, dude. Somebody looks dude, at Dude, I've games. got so many to give you, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. I am <laughs> Spotify, dude. Chase has got me covered yeah. on the TBS. So maybe something like that I think would be interesting to be implemented in the game. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for the questions. They got us, got at us in a multiple of ways. You can go to wittybantershow at gmail.com to send us an email. You can go to our website wittybantershow.com to send in your question or you can tweet at us at at wittybantershow and you can get all of your questions read on the air. But that's all we've got for now. So let's put some numbers on these beers and we'll go ahead and get out of here. Okay, I'm going to keep it short, man. What's we're, up? we're running long. Six. 
it's I, I'm going with all of the same characteristics I had before. You know, it's creamy, but it's not like too thick. It's rich, but it's not overwhelming. It's uh, it's malty and roasty and rich. Um, this is right up my alley. I'm gonna give it an eight point five. That's super dope. I would give it a nine, but I guess nothing jumped out at me like this is the best out I've ever had. Or, you know, so yeah, really? eight point five. I feel like I'm riding like a beer high because the last beer that I drank, I gave a nine because I thought it was so good. You did, the yeah. Immortal ale. The immortal, really dope. It's immortal a sick beer. It's nice to see you explore the scale, Max. You're usually on the lower echelon. Am I? Well, I'm, I'm a this little one's bit more be, of this. Throw this up to the top of the echelon. I'm not going to say a nine, but I'll copy your 8.5 because this beer is fucking sick. Um... I think that like the only thing that could have really benefited this beer that much is maybe had like more of like a frothier, like creamier head to yeah. it. A little more carbonation. Something like yeah, into bit. it just to kind of give like these smaller characteristics around it to make it feel a little bit better to drink. But it was cool. still really great tasting and awesome beer. So yeah, eight point five. Great marketing dope. too. Dragon's, Dragon's milk. milk. What a great yeah. What a yeah, great also name. bottle design and bottle name. Fucking yeah. sick. Really good. So. Awesome. Well, that's all of Witty Banter episode, episode number 72. Hunter, it's good to have you back. <laughs> Time to round out the show. Witty Banter can be found on iTunes. Just search for Witty Banter, hit subscribe, and all of the episodes will show up in your download queue for free. If you don't have iTunes, that's okay because you can just go to our website, wittybantershow.com, and download the episode there. Or we're on a variety of Android-based platforms. If, we, if you can't find us, send us an email at wittybantershow at gmail.com, and we will make sure that we show up on whatever service you are using. But... You can keep up with us. The show is at Witty Banter on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Max is on Twitter. He is at Maxi Dangas. And I am on Twitter. I am at Bodacious Chase. So go follow us there. But episode number 72 is in the books. And we will see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>